Hey y'all, welcome back to One for the Road. I'm back again with Bob and Randy and Robert Norton. Uh, today we're talking about culture and if culture is moving and are we being effective with sharing the gospel. Robert has lots of thoughts on this, so please stay tuned and enjoy the conversation. Here we go. We have just the great opportunity to spend a, another podcast with Burton Norton. And uh, I don't know if he's the smartest man I know, but he's like, he's up there. Somewhere. Where'd you go to school, by the way? Where'd you do I your went law to school? Clemson. And I went to the University of South Carolina. Wow. Well, there you go. There you go. So that, uh, I don't know if that knocked him down a peg in y'all's <laughs> mind or took him up a peg or whatever, but just a brilliant guy when it comes to, he's a, he's a lawyer, educator, judge, uh, elder here at the church, and also just has spent a lot of time just thinking through culture where we are today. Now, when I use that word culture for, for maybe Cam on one side of the coin, being a, a you're a millennial or Gen uh, X or postmodern, what are you, if you're a millennial, millennial. guy. Yeah. And then on the upper edge of baby boomer, Bob Carter over yeah. here, when we use that word culture, maybe y'all, I don't know why it even comes to mind for you guys, but uh, that's what we want to talk about during this episode. What is culture? How are people reacting to the gospel or not, as the case might be? Uh, and what do, is, is it moving? Is, are things changing out there? Uh, and I, I can say I know they are for me, you know, 20, 30 years ago, culture was different than it is now. Things have changed. And, and I wonder, we in Christendom, if we're still living in the 1970s or 1960s, thinking we can push the gospel as if it was that culture when it's not at all. Mm-hmm. So right. it was like Wayne Gretzky used to say in hockey, you know, skate to where the puck is going, and maybe we're still where the where the puck was when it comes to, to right. sharing the gospel. So you want to open us up with that? Is that enough yeah, of an sure. for you? Yeah, uh, That makes me think of the military analogy where you want to make sure you're not fighting the last war. Yeah. You know, you're fighting yeah. the next one. And that's, mm-hmm. that's kind of how I think of this. Um, yeah, I think what's going on is... Um, You know, if you're a student of history, as I have become in the course of studying these kinds of topics, um, you can you can see the the grand arc where um, you know that 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 faith uh, is not the is not necessarily the default position for people by a long shot, and uh, and you can see how how intellectual movements in history have brought us to the place where we are, Mm -hmm. and I think if if we want to um, preserve our Christian faith and engage the culture, I think we have to understand the people we're talking to mm-hmm. and understand their presuppositions. And um, I don't mean, uh, you know, just talking about, you know, the, uh, the decay and moral decay or, or how movies are going or things like that. I mean, to me, that's sort of superficial. Um, mm-hmm. I think what it all comes down to, really, uh, is that we... Uh, envision a world in which God is, and uh, God uh, created it, and God is active in it. So that's a worldview. Um, I think the dominant and the default competing worldview out there is materialism, uh, and I'm using that word particularly. It's uh, you might also say I don't mean materialism like you know you like to go buy things. I mean materialism in that all of reality is composed of material stuff, matter in motion. Mm-hmm vectors of particles, you know, lots and lots of them, but that's all there is. That's materialism. 
Uh, it's used interchangeably with the word naturalism. Mm-hmm. And uh, that is what is, um, that's what underlies, I think, uh, the culture now. And that's where people are coming from. And I would be tempted to say, oh, well, it's a battle between atheism and theism. Mm-hmm. But I, I really stay away from the word atheism because it's atheism. It's just a negation of theism. So you've got the proposition that there's a God, and then atheism is just, you know, the, the negation of that proposition. Mm-hmm. And I think this is important. I'm, I'm going a little long on your question here, but, but this is the heart of it. I think it's important because um, I think people need to understand, um, and perhaps you can talk to them and help them understand how you see it differently if you're a Christian, uh, but people, people uh, tend to think that they're sort of in neutral, and they're going to evaluate the God proposition or the Christianity proposition as if, uh, as if they they don't have any set of ideology of their own coming into it, and of course mm-hmm. they do, mm-hmm. and the ideology that is the 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 dominant ideology out there is the materialism one that I'm saying. So we don't want to, we don't pe- want people to be deluded into thinking that they're just kind of in neutral, um, and saying saying that there's either a god or there's not, or that there's atheism or theism kind of. Uh, enables us to think in terms of being neutral. Instead, we should talk about materialism, I think, or naturalism, and say, uh, look, before I finish telling you why I think there's a God, why don't you tell, finish telling me why you think matter is all there is? Okay, so the idea is that you, you want to establish that, comp- that, make somebody prove that competing ideology is really what it comes so down to. So you're saying that they're coming into it with a host of presuppositions. Yes, Yes, absolutely. Um, and, you know, I, you, I can say what those presuppositions are, but you, you, you kind of have to extrapolate from them to get to where we are in the culture now, why people respond the way they do to Christianity, often with hostility. So would you say, though, that those people are, are saying there is no God or, the, or, or that they would say God is part of this natural material thing? No, well, I mean, there's, of course, I'm generalizing here, and there's different uh, points of view about those. I mean, some people would say that God is part of these material things, sort of a, uh, you know, sort of a new agey kind of way of thinking. But I I don't think that's the default position in our culture. I think it's materialism. Um, We sort of worship science now, and sometimes people will actually say science versus faith, and that's a false dichotomy. You know, Mm -hmm. science is just a process for learning things about the natural world. Uh, it's um, but but people people fall into the trap of thinking that science somehow disproves God, and that's just not true. Well, it's interesting. You know, the the philosopher, uh, French philosopher Jean Paul Sartre, mm-hmm. once said, um, "the the chief goal of man is to become God." And, and what he meant by that, I think, is that our inventions and everything we're putting. Like right now, I was talking to a guy the other day who's getting a surgery. And like they used to do it this way, now they're doing it this way. It's even better, and it's laparoscopic, and it's quicker, and they can do this, and they got these things that they can put in, and you know now we can replace the knee and replace the heart, and they're doing looking eyeball transplant, and interocular ear things, and all those different things. They're they're just waiting, I think, to be able to find a way to replace the brain. Because yeah. if they could replace all your parts, you'd yeah. live forever, wouldn't you? Yeah, sure. And si- science would triumph at that point in time, wouldn't? Would well, maybe, well, maybe, but well, I don't think so because I don't think that for to use the brain for an example, that um, that our consciousness, our ability to think and experience subjectively, and to to bring intentionality to the subject matter of what we interact with, 
I don't think that is just a function of brain. So if it were possible to, um, you know, replace the brain, uh, would that actually replace the person? I don't think so. Yeah. But the materialists would say... Well, I was about to say, the, say the natural person would think that, well, all we are is matter in motion, then exactly of course right. we can replace the brain and nothing else together. really matters. Yeah. We're, good, we're good to go, yeah. 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 That's I understand, I understand what you're getting at. Yeah, yeah sure. Looking, which is interesting, you know, they're, they're, they're moving in that direction. As believers, we think they'll be sorely disappointed at some point in time. It's got to reach the. It's like I, you know, as a kid, I used to think when they broke the four minute mile, I'm really dating myself here, Roger Bannister, you mm-hmm. broke the four minute mile barrier. Uh, and ever since then, I thought, well, how fast could someone run a mile? You know, they, they can't run a mile in like two seconds. Right. They run a mile. What's, what's, the, the, what's, the, what's the, the last thing? We'll never be able to run faster than that. And it's the same thing with this, with naturalism stuff. It's like, yeah. what are you going to replace next? You're going to replace my nose, my teeth, my eyes, my. The, right. the, but you're going to come to a point where you, you you'll hit the hard stop here. I think. Yeah, I, I think that's right, and I I think that what a lot of people don't realize about that ideology, even even if they come to an understanding that they're sort of backing into it, sort of unawares. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they embrace it because they, they actually buy into it, I think very often they don't get the full implications. And one of the full implications is this idea of determinism, that if everything is matter in motion, then, uh, you know, if, if I punch you in the nose, it's just because of all of the influences, events that have occurred right up until the moment I, I do it, and you happen to be sitting there, it's same same for you, and, mm-hmm. and by the way, I'm not morally responsible for doing it because, uh, you know, I am a machine, as you are, and right. I am just reacting to all the influences that have occurred to me. That, mm-hmm. I mean, I'm being silly with the example, yeah. but that's yeah. determinism, mm-hmm. that's where it takes mm-hmm. us. There, There's no personal responsibility for mm-hmm. anything. Um, that means there is no purpose, there is no meaning to anything that we do. Now, if that's the truth, so be it, because we are, we are uh, primarily uh, ordered towards truthfulness. I think that's of God, uh, but the truth is, is the most important thing. But mm-hmm. I just don't think that is the truth. I think there is meaning. I think there is purpose. And I think that um, this materialistic uh, point of view necessarily excludes it. And it's interesting. I, I read a lot about this stuff and read a lot of advocates of this materialist point of view. And when they get to this idea of purposelessness and meaninglessness, they sort of skirt the issue. It's hot button, so they just kind of do an end run around yep. it. And they'll say things like an author I'm reading right now is saying, well, that's really not true for humans because they're such complex machines. Well, no, it's, it's, they're still machines. Now, do you think in, in your experience and just what you observe also, it, are most people who are, who are living by this philosophy don't get there because they thought it through? That's exactly right. In fact, that's my major concern. Um, I kind of see it happen all the time. People will say, oh, I'm not religious, I'm agnostic, or I, you know, I just... You know, or I'm put out. I, I I can't stand the way Christians behave. You mm-hmm. know, or they they're always moralizing and they're hypocrites and they, uh, you know, they make me feel bad because um, I'm supposed to be guilty about things I want to do. Right. You know, and so there's anger, and mm-hmm. so they push away from that um, and not. And that's why I was using the phrase back into. You know, they're pushing they're pushing away from from a theistic worldview and they're backing up into the the, the worldview that is purposeless, meaningless, and mm-hmm. uh, all these things that we've been describing. I think it does happen sort of 
in a in a not well thought out way. More often than not, I, I think pe- I mean there are there are certainly people that you can read who are saying, "Look, I'm a materialist, and here's why." Right. But most people that that I encounter, even very smart, thoughtful people, uh, nonetheless are uh, they're evaluating Christianity. They don't like what they see because they they have, usually because they have misconceptions about what it really means. They don't right. get the freedom that comes mm-hmm. from it, mm-hmm. uh, and so they um, they decide, well, you know, it's like a cafeteria-style philosophy. I'm, I'm going mm. to pick this mm-hmm. thing over here instead of that over there. So would you say, and it's taking me a while to kind of pick up the language here, but it's almost in a polemic style or way where you're saying to them, hey, you're a materialist. Now, they may not have even used that word or, or naturalist or whatever, but let me kind of help you see what, you, what your philosophy is. Now that I've helped you see that, labeled it a bit, I'd love for you to defend that for me. You knowing yeah. that they really can't, that it breaks down at some point in time, that's that's a different approach than apologetics. Uh, let me tell you why Christianity yeah. is so great and good. Yeah. Well, that's. I'm glad you said that because uh, I wouldn't really advocate that approach where you walk up to somebody and say, uh, okay, you don't know what you are, but I've right. identified it. Now right. I'm going to tell you what you are, and then I'm going to demand that you defend it. You know, right. that's, that's not going anywhere. Yeah. Uh, but but it's important for you to understand it. I mean, when I'm talking mm-hmm. when I'm talking with somebody who uh, is is speaking in the way I've described, you know, I just you know I don't I don't know about God and 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 I just you know they throw out some some things like a hypocrisy or whatever. Um, it's not necessarily that you convince them of what they are and then make them defend it. Uh, but if you know what's really going on, you can engage them in discussion about some of some of these. Um, I mean, there's a whole list of things that go with this ideology, mm-hmm. and you can engage them in a discussion about this and make them start questioning their own point of view. In the context of relationship. Yeah, in the context of relationship, yeah. you don't beat them over the head with it. Um, okay. So, but I think you're sense. you're saying with this, don't be intimidated by this. Right. Don't be intimidated by it. Uh, yeah. You know, you got somebody who says, you know, uh, I watched a movie, Nacho Libre, and the the character, if you remember that. Oh, my gosh. I believe in science. Yes, I believe in what? Yeah, so, you know, there's a meme on the Internet and all that. I believe in science. Well, if you got somebody who's kind of coming at you with that sort of Mm -hmm. thing, you want to be able to to say, well, wait a minute, let's talk about what science is, and let's talk about whether the, the fact of science and the gains made through science actually uh, compel a conclusion that the natural world, which is the subject matter of science, is all there is. Right. Now, for, for our, our friends out there who are thinking, oh, man, this looks like I'll never be as smart as Bert. I didn't go to Clemson. You know, I, went to, I went to Alabama. I'll never be that smart. Easy. I, know. How, how do you, I mean, yeah. how technical is this, and can you give our listeners kind of a here are here are two or three or four questions that you could start. I know they should do more reading, obviously, and yeah. think more about this. But yep. is there is there a is there a a um, you know a, a a a thing for dummies here, so to speak, where you could <laughs> say here here are three or four things that you could a be thinking about yourself, and then b maybe ask other people. Well, you know. I'm not sure that there's great shortcuts, and and nonetheless, I say that this is very important to do mm-hmm. because I don't I don't see how we we engage with people otherwise. This is this is not like 
you know, you're you're going out and talking to to the pagans in the first century, and they're they're so relieved to hear this wonderful news. Right. I mean, mm-hmm. People are inoculated against it almost. So mm-hmm. I think you gotta to, if you're gonna if you care about them and you want to meet them where they are, I think you gotta understand this stuff. I came at this in large part by reading the New Atheists, who've published about a zillion books since 2008, and uh, just trying to, you know, what are they saying? What's true? And uh, just just becoming appalled at the shallow reasoning that I see there, and just kind of developing it from there on my own. Uh, so now, would it be helpful not to promote your book too much? But you wrote a book. If you can tell us about well, yeah, that, and would that be a helpful tool for them to read? knowing that, hey, they have to digest some here. Yeah, I got. I have that. one book. It's False Neutrality. And it's all specifically on this idea of uh, people looking at things from a, what they think is a position of neutrality or assume is and really isn't. So that's mm-hmm. out there. And I have a couple of novels that I uh, explore a lot of these themes in. But I also have a blog. If I can go ahead and plug that for a second. Please do. Shameless plugs. It's, uh, yeah. <laughs> it's at www.adarklingplane.com. A-D-A-R-K-L-I-N-G-P-L-A-I-N. So that's a line from a uh, Matthew Arnold poem from uh, the 1860s, which is on the subject. And where I talk about that, I'd send out an email once a week. Um, because I study it, and I've done enough of it now to where I feel like I've kind of put it all together in the lining and start talking And you're on Facebook it. also, I know. Yeah. So mm-hmm. they, they can catch you on Facebook. Sure. I, I think for some of our listeners there, thinking, like Bert, I think I'd love the fact that you said, no, there's not an easy three questions, Randy. That's good, um, because, because we want that. We want the USA Today headline. So, so for those of you who are out there, just to say, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to befriend Bert on Facebook. Absolutely. I'm going to read his blog. I'm going to begin dabbling here a little bit and learning as I go. Yeah, I, I love know? talking about this. Yeah. And I think it's, okay. it's you know, uh, I think you would affirm this. That it's not like we need to have all the answers, mm-hmm. you know. Right. I, I think it's kind of like, uh, you know, talking to somebody who said that they were in the college class and the professor said, I'm going to totally, by the end of this. Mm-hmm. You, you, You're not going to be a Christian by the time. You're not going to be a Christian. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, to not be blown away by that, just to say, all right, well, you know, I don't have to yeah. be intimidated by that. Right. Yeah. yeah. It's just interesting because you're basically explaining my whole generation. Like, a lot of um, people my age and in my age bracket are at that same place mm-hmm. where somewhere along the line they're inoculated to anything uh, theological and because we are probably the most benefited and entertained generation there is, we have no need yeah. for God. So, 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 in, so in our realm of life, life is good. I, I, I'm in a great place and I'm fine with that. So I have no need for anything or I have no need for it because I don't believe that there's anything better than this. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, that's, um, that, you know, that's a worry. Uh, and you can read the statistics and mm-hmm. the, the numbers of people who are not affiliated with any church and so on and yeah. be kind of concerned with the, with the trends. But on the other hand, I think there's something kind of cool happening with millennials in particular, which is that because the, uh, this, this uh, advance of naturalism or, or materialism as a philosophy mm-hmm. is being more and more overtly presented. It's more of an explicit thing. There are people who have specifically advocated now. And I think uh, a lot of young people are looking at that and going, well, wait a minute. 
you know, what all it's done is, uh, not all it's done, but anything that it's done that is positive mm-hmm. is that it's sort of crystallized the issue. And, and we can see it more easily for what it is. Yeah. And I think that's positive. Absolutely. Are you well, finding this true also uh, with, uh, are there observing kids as they're getting older here? Are they abandoning the faith to this materialism? You know, growing up in the church? Or... Yeah, and I think that, yes, that often happens, unfortunately, and I think a lot of the way it happens is, uh, again, sort of um, just falling into it. Because right. it's not like you wake up one day and go, huh, mm-hmm. God's dead, I'm a materialist today. Exactly. That, that's, that's not what they're doing. Right. Um, mm-hmm. They're just they're just getting hammered with these, with these, with these I- ideas that are very subtly in conflict with a Christian or even a theist worldview. Yeah. Uh, and they just don't, and, and you know, a thousand little drops of rain, and pretty soon it, it's all your beliefs are all dissolved away. Absolutely. Can you maybe can we close maybe with this of you giving them some thoughts of you know I always love preventative spiritual care or medicine or whatever as opposed to you know when the trauma's down the road here. Any thoughts for the church then on, on preventative in terms of our children in high school to where they're getting pelted with this rain? Any thoughts on what what the church could or should be doing differently to, to to counteract that along the way at the early stages? Well, yeah, I'm thinking of the church. I'm also thinking of parents. Um, mm, and I, the, the one word that comes to mind is confidence, because mm. we're right. the The Christian worldview is intellectually superior. Mm. It is the right answer. It is the truth. And um, so. When we we get an objection that uh, superficially sounds like, uh, oh, you know, that's a good point. Uh, you know, I, I hadn't thought about that. Just take a deep breath and go, wait a minute. Um, let's think about where that's coming from. And let's, let's understand the philosophy that's behind it, the philosophy. And we might have to dig a little bit for it to understand it. But let's do that. Let's yeah. make the effort. And let's make, let's, let's, let's. Let's not try to keep our kids from it. Let's fully uh, uh, throw it out there for them and show them that these are the competing ways of thinking about things. But to do that, of course, you got to understand what they are. Mm-hmm. Well, I, you know, for me that was powerful. Just, I don't think I've, I've, I'm sure I've heard that before. That we are, we are intellectually right. You don't hear that very much in Christian circles. You hear more. We, we are faith. We're a religion of faith. It's about mm-hmm. faith as opposed to. No, we're intellectually right, too. Why? Because yes. God's the author of science and intellect and knowledge, and he's right. And, and that's, that's and a I powerful think way a, for us to be confident. Like he used the word confidence, that we yeah. can walk into it rather than sort of hunkering down and we're afraid of what's going to happen yep. uh, and you know what's going to happen to our kids and we need right. to protect ourselves and all that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so, the thing I've heard is that Christ has the monopoly on truth. Mm-hmm. So... Mm-hmm. If he is author of truth and owns all truth, then everything ultimately is going to point back to him anyway. So mm-hmm. that's mm-hmm. well. The, the, the Bible mm-hmm. says that the the the, uh, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, wisdom yeah. and also mm-hmm. the beginning of knowledge. And yeah. I've, I've come to think through through this kind of study that that is more literally true than I ever would have imagined. Wow, mm-hmm. well, that's For, awesome. We are so glad. Thank you so much for being here with us today. And those of you again who are listening on One for the Road, uh, tell your friends about the podcast. We. Uh, uh, always are looking for an increase in subscribership because it's free. So you can tell people about that. Maybe at some point in time we'll do a raffle. Whoever uh, 
gets the most subscribers for us will be able to come on the podcast or something. Maybe we can work that out. I don't know. But Cam, Cam can figure that out for us yeah. on our Facebook page or something. But um, thanks so much for listening. We hope you'll continue to tune in to One for the Road. Thank you.